Imagine not knowing what your income would be each week. Financial planning would be a nightmare. Almost 90% of Vision's income is free will donations. When supporters commit to monthly giving, it provides greater certainty when budgeting for regular expenses and weighing up new opportunities that arise. Knowing we can rely on regular gifts each month takes some of the guesswork out of operating a faith ministry. Monthly givers who share our mission are called Visionary Extra Mile Partners. And right now, you're invited to join this growing group of faithful supporters. The amount of your tax-deductible monthly gift is completely up to you. What is most important is knowing that you are standing with us to reach Australia for the gospel. Click the banner at vision.org.au or in the Vision app to find out more about becoming a Visionary Extra Mile Partner. It only takes a few minutes, but will have an eternal impact. Vision. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Well, as we do on a Monday, always good to catch up with the Australian Christian Lobby, checking on those sorts of issues that have come to the news over the weekend, those things that are shaping our culture and things that are likely to be in the news over this coming week. Lyle Shelton from the Australian Christian Lobby is back with us. Hello, Lyle. Welcome back to 2020. Thanks a lot, Neil. Uh, good to be with you. Well, Lyle, the biggest thing that people are talking about and protesting about is last week's federal budget. That's going to continue into this week too. Yes, it is, Neil. And uh, there's been some polling done over the weekend uh, through Nielsen and News Poll, which is all bad news for the government. Uh, their numbers are, are down <coughs> quite badly and uh, people are, are giving the budget a very low score. Um, so that's going to be, uh, you know, quite a big political uh, wake-up call for the government. It's really put uh, the Labor Party back in the political game uh, just a short time after, you know, eight or nine months after the uh, election. Lyle, it does seem to me that people are obviously protesting. People are very upset that they will likely be worse off because of various budget cuts. But I wonder whether the protests are more about the cuts or more about the integrity of broken promises. Neil, I think you've put your finger uh, right on the issue there. I think people can understand uh, when uh, there's a need to balance the books and to live within our means. Uh, it is true. No one seems to dispute that Australia is spending 3% of GDP more than it's earning. So, you know, none of us can run our household budgets like that. So the same with the country. So I think people understand that. But uh, as you said, um, we saw... Uh, the coalition go to the election saying there'd be no new taxes, uh, there'd be no cuts, and uh, and uh, it was even put to the, the coalition before the election, well, if the budget's really bad, you know, are you going to be raising taxes and cutting? And, of course, the answer was no. So there was a clear expectation uh, because this mantra was repeated over and over again. So people aren't silly. Um, I think if the government had been uh, a little bit more upfront, perhaps had said, look, uh, you know, we're, we're not going to rule anything in or out, uh, before the election, we'll have to look at it when once we get in. That would have been more tenable. But to have gone in saying that uh, there'd be no tax increases, no cuts, uh, and then uh, having to, to do what they've done, uh, people feel very disappointed by that. And I think it's a real shame, Neil, because people aren't stupid. And uh, we do, we're living in a time where we need to see uh, the esteem of people for parliamentarians uh, increase, not decrease not being traduced like this and I think it's a real shame because it further undermines people's confidence uh, in uh, what 
uh, politicians say to us. Well, it seems the previous government, as well as the new government, are both tainted with the idea of uh, the telling of lies being something that uh, that really shows the government for what they truly are. It's very, very tough to trust a politician these days. It is, and, it, and it's a real shame, Neil, and, and you're dead right there. Uh, in your observation, because uh, we saw Tony Abbott as opposition leader uh, go very strong and hard after Julia Gillard, who who said there will be no carbon tax under a government I lead. Um, She was routinely called a liar by the opposition when they were uh, in in opposition. And uh, we were promised that this wouldn't happen if they were elected. But of course, it has. And and that's uh, massively disappointing. And I think we should not um, just... Uh, roll our eyes and think, well, that's just politicians and, and that's life and we expect it. I think we've got to demand something more from our elected uh, leaders and uh, that their word does mean something to us if they say it. And uh, I, I hope this debate doesn't go away. I, I hope um, this can be uh, a point in our nation where we say, look, enough is enough. Um, we understand things are tough uh, for, for politicians. We understand that sometimes you've got to change your mind. And I, and I think we've got to allow that sort of leeway but uh, we want them to be upfront about it when they do, uh, not to not to try and play these political games and play us all uh, for mugs. Well, Lyle, let's move our sights across the oceans. There was a, a huge issue that came to light last week in the nation of South Sudan, where a pregnant woman who has been sentenced to death has received this sentence because she's marrying a Christian man. It really brings to light this challenge of inter-religious marriage and something that uh, certainly from the Islamic side of uh, religion uh, they object to very, very harshly, and particularly uh, uh, someone marrying a Christian. Yes, uh, this really does put a spotlight on an aspect of Islam which is uh, very unsavoury. Uh, in all Islam, whether it's militant Islam or not, they take a very dim view on people converting out of Islam. And in some countries such as uh, Sudan, uh, we even see the death penalty applied. Now, uh, we as um, people who have um, who live in the, in, the, in the West, which of course has been influenced strongly by the Christian idea of um, tolerance, uh, believe in religious freedom, and that's that's the freedom uh, for people to even practice religions other than Christianity and not uh, and not be subject to um, you know to any sort of sanctions, uh, let alone the death penalty. So I think this does shine a spotlight on on uh, an aspect of uh, Islam which is very very worrying, and uh, I think that um, uh, that uh, we need to see nations around the world uh, really condemning this and calling on the government of Sudan to. Um, to uh, make sure that this uh, sentence is not executed in any way, shape or form. Uh, we need to see tolerance, we need to see religious freedom and uh, these, are, these are really important values. The big contradiction here appears to be that for Islamic men it's almost uh, given the green light and encouraged to marry uh, women who are not Islamic because it somehow or other brings people into Islam. That's right. Um, There's some real issues about uh, the way women are treated uh, in some uh, parts of Islam, and uh, and I think uh, that's got to be shown for what it is. And uh, I think um, we've got to be able to have a conversation around why this is the case and uh, have a public debate about the treatment of women uh, under Islam. And uh, we we see this very clearly in this uh, very extreme situation here. Uh, um, So there's certainly a contest for values that's in play, 
and uh, we need to be able to have a discussion about it. Interestingly, Lyle, this issue has made the mainstream media, as has the abduction of all of those schoolgirls in the nation of Nigeria in Africa. There does appear now to be a little more airtime given to some of these uh, real inconsistencies with the way people think about Islamic religion. There, there has been, Neil, and... Um, you know, unfortunately, when that Nigerian story broke, uh, many media didn't even report the fact that uh, the reason why these girls were kidnapped was because they were uh, were Christians. Uh, so that was that was obscured by some media outlets for some time. Eventually, that's come out. But uh, the good news is that uh, with this uh, case in Sudan of the of the woman sentenced to death, that's even been reported in the New York Times. So. What we're seeing is that um, it, it's, it's just not possible to, um, you know, to continue to hide some of these aspects uh, of extreme Islam, and it does need to be brought to light, and it is being brought to light, and uh, it does uh, warrant um, a wider discussion about some of the values that are, that are put forward um, in the name of, of, of religion and uh, the need for freedom of religion and, and, um, and freedom for uh, women under that uh, religion as well. Lyle Shelton from the Australian Christian Lobby. Always good getting your insights into these sorts of issues. Great to have you as part of 2020, and thanks so much for being with us again today. Pleasure, Neil. Thanks for having us. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts, or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.